Welcome to Plans Are Booked, a podcast for every reader. I'm Molly Geller. I'm Stephanie Blackburn. And I'm Caitlin Madison. Um, so we're gathered again. It's a Sunday evening in case anybody is keeping tabs. I can't tell you what day of the week this will get posted, but I just feel like we have Sunday evening vibes right now. Yeah. We're all cozy. Steph frothed some milk with vanilla in it so that I can have like a cozy tea. London fog. A London fog. It was 82 degrees in Boston yesterday. Today it's barely 50 and raining. So we decided to get cozy and uh, we're going to talk books, but um, let's catch up. What's going on? Well, you guys had a big day today. I feel like you should begin. We did. We went and saw Killers of the Flower Moon with my brother, which is a three and a half hour movie plus like 15 minutes of previews. It felt like five hours. It was. It's a very quiet, very moving film. And that being said, I did get a little antsy during a few parts, but I've read the book. Um, Yeah, so I've read the book, uh, which came out a I don't want to say a long time ago, but like probably 10 years ago. Um, and my brother and my stepdad both told me to read it. So I did. Um, and they did a really great job with the movie. But three and a half hours is a long time. And the last three and a half hour movie I saw was Oppenheimer. And there's a lot of buildup in that. Like there's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of like science chat. And like every person in that movie is a movie star. And this was just much quieter. Mm. And so there, you know, I, but at the same time, you know, I think that's the nature of the story. And I read that one iteration of the adaptation was that they were telling it through the the eyes of um, Jesse, Jesse Plemons. Plemons' character, who's the FBI agent. It would be a completely different film if they had right. done that. Right. And so I think that Martin Scorsese and other people were like, we're going to tell this from like a white point of view. Like, that's not really the whole point of this. But the book is very much like this is the birth of the FBI. Like, the FBI didn't really exist. But the government sent these investigators to go and see what was going on in Oklahoma because people from Osage had begged them to come and find out what the heck's going on um, because Oklahoma was so corrupt. So the book is very much like this is the birth of the FBI. And then when they went to make the movie, I think they very much were like, this needs to be told from Molly's perspective in order to like really capture um, what's going on. So great movie. But we sat on our butts for a lot of today. And when we talked last week, I told you my coworkers who saw it said they felt it should have been four hours with an intermission. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. Also disagree. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You felt it was long enough as it was. No, I just, I think that an intermission would have, it, There was know, no like, place for no. it. Yeah. Fair enough. Did you see the article that had the comparison photos of the real people side by side? Well, yeah. And since I've read the book, I did know um, what the peeps looked like. Well, I just was thinking that Ernest looked quite a bit like Leo looks in this movie. Well, did you know that Leo was originally supposed to be the Jesse Plemons yes. character? And then they, when they decided to not have it from his point of view, they moved Leo into the other, like, 
well, he the new gotten, main character role, essentially. He would have gotten very little screen time if he had stuck yeah, with the Yeah, he would have been, he would have only been in like half, the, not even half the movie. So they just slid him right, it was like, you're the star of the movie, and oh, we're changing the whole script, and now you're still going to be the star of the movie. So, but yeah, it, it was good. Yeah. It was emotional. Mm-hmm. This week, I also went to Harvard on Friday night to see Under the Lights, which is a soccer game. It's two soccer games, boys and girls, against like our rival school, if you will. That was really cute, but there were so many screaming children at it. It was on. It was like eighty degrees. It was eighty degrees. All these younger kids are running around like screaming cheers and like. They've all got their gear on from school, and it was really cute, but on a Friday night, I was like, whoa, baby, this is a lot. This is a lot, and, like, grades are due Monday, and I gave myself, like, a pretend deadline of Friday, so I had just handed in all my grades, and the last thing I wanted to do was, like, spend my Friday night on a field with, like, 400 children, but, you know, I did it. I don't regret it. And the second I walked in the door, I put my pajamas on and I went straight to bed. And it was like nine thirty-seven. <laughs> I'm into it. What about what do you guys have going on this week? Well, we had brunch yesterday. Oh, how was that? That was lovely. Yes, we went to the Painted Borough in Somerville, a fave, and they horchata. Oh yeah, their horchata. You have drink. to every time. For those who haven't been before on the menu, it's called the Hair of the Dog. That's its official drink, uh, official drink name. And I think it's just one of the best brunch cocktails in Boston. It just, it's, it's like reliably excellent every time. It's a massive portion. It comes in a huge, like frosted beer stein type mug. Um, they've changed to what they call bottomless brunch. So for 25 bucks, you get like unlimited food, not counting the cocktails. But the tacos are so small. They shrunk everything a bit. So it's still delicious, but not quite the same. And they took away some of the, um, like, go-to signature dishes in the name of making it easier to deliver the plates, like, as quickly as possible. Somehow we had ordered a couple of this one specific breakfast taco, and out of nowhere, another four appeared that we did not order. (laughs) So it was included. We just, it was like a morning taco fairy just appeared. Was it one of you guys that told me that the Rosebud is going to be under new ownership, yes, yeah. speaking of brunch in that neighborhood? I think it already is. Yes. Oh, they're doing is. Diner Plus Indian to try to make like a new type of fusion based on the interests of the new owners of the restaurant. But do you I, think we have to try it just to see? I haven't been since this revamp. I'll definitely try it, but... That is a weird rebranding of yeah. a place that is very clearly a diner on the inside and, and the And that was doing so well. It seems yeah. like if it ain't broke, you know, right. it's just sort of bizarre to pivot when you're already such a popular, well-loved spot that always has a line. You have to have a reservation. It's a bit odd. And I had just discovered their brunch pizza, like breakfast pizza, flatbread with eggs and like incredible amount of cheese just like delicious no gone i only got to eat it twice um the other big thing that happened this week was re-release it's britney bitch 80 no no the re-release of 1989 britney's more important than taylor um 
<laughs> We're not going to get in an argument on air, but the re-release of 1989 is pivotal in yes, my world. Yes, have your moment. Discuss it. And also, Molly, it has a very nice segue to the book that we're going to be right, discussing. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Fine, um, we'll talk yeah, about 1989 came out, Say Don't Go is the best vault track that she's ever come out with. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. It is the best vault track. These 1989 vault tracks are the best vault tracks that she's come out with. But Say Don't Go just absolutely pummels the competition. It's ridiculous. Suburban Legends, close second. Also really good. I got my, my I got my vinyl. Okay, here's my question, because I pre-ordered my vinyl. When did that announcement come out? Two months ago? Oh, TaylorSwift.com is notoriously slow. It's horrible. Yeah. I'm still waiting. really, really slow. Yeah. I went and bought mine at a record store, because I know that this happens. <sighs> And yes, I didn't get the star confetti or whatever the hell it is that comes in this in the package from taylorswift.com. But I've also seen people on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, that got like two pieces of confetti. And I was like, oh, girl, that stinks. I'll let you know what happens. Yeah, whenever I hope my you get more than arrives. two pieces because that's well, I embarrassing. I also saw on Twitter um, it had been shoved into a mailbox. Ooh. and broken what? yeah i'm terrified so i'm just gonna like sit at the window until they drop it off that's horrible. that's what swifties do um i did i was telling stuff earlier before you got here molly that i did order the blue 1989 cardigan nice. with the birds on the back nice. i've never owned a cardi b we from can, swift we so. can wear ours together but mine's the white one yeah obviously we can wear them together yeah um i'm just so happy that i'm able to join this level of the Swifty realm because usually the cardigans are super hard to get their hands on. But I think this blue is way prettier than the purple one. Sorry for all the people that bought the purple one, but that's just my opinion. Um, so 1989, all the new vault tracks really paint a picture of like what a lousy boyfriend Harry Styles was. And then this week we're going to read a In book defense, that like was maybe is a little bit of a spin off of harry styles fanfic a bit maybe maybe a tiny bit yeah i think so i'm gonna let steph and molly take the reins on this one i will add some tidbits but i was the last one to read it out of the three of us they told me way like you guys read it years ahead of me actually i completed it well today we are recording on october 29th 2023 i finished the book on october 29th 2022 According to Goodreads, I checked that last night. What? It's insane. <laughs> it's I only also been a year. Went to look at my Goodreads review of this book because I remember. Oh, you wrote a review. I wrote a review and I gave it five stars, which I rarely do. <laughs> you gave this book five stars. So I don't only give five stars to things that are the most beautifully written or the most emotionally it's, moving. It's how much you enjoyed it's it. It's about enjoyment level. It's about how compulsive a read it was, how many people I wanted to tell about it. This was like a five stars from personal mm -hmm. joy and satisfaction. Until this podcast, I think I've told 0.0, .0 people that I've read this. <laughs> okay, so here's how the book came on my radar. Cause okay, tell first. the people what it is. Okay, read the so blurb the, the and book let's is dig in. The Idea of You by Robin Lee. It came on my radar a year ago, right after Purple Hearts, when Nicholas Galitzine started getting like a little bit more PR, and it was announced that he and Annie Hathaway, I just said it as if we were friends, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> no, <laughs> your friends is Annie. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, as if um, um, they were being um, cast as the two leads, and I was like, okay, we need to read this book beforehand. I one hundred percent thought that it was this years book ago. Totally was on your radar, and then nope, magically your movie boyfriend no. Nick Galatine, <laughs> also known to Nick to his friends, um, it's the reverse. Yeah, I'm learning new things. Yeah. and in fact, she sent us, I think, an article. And so by the time I read it, I was picturing them while reading, which I don't know if that's pro or con, but I had sort of a sense of yeah. what I thought they would look like because there had been pictures released of yeah. them. I definitely by the time her. I read it, they were already 2015, I think, right? Let me just let me just open the front cover and see. Give the pe- 2017. Okay, give the okay, give the people the blurb. Well, I'll just say it since I reread it um, within the last month for funsies um, and also just to refresh everything. So it's about um, this woman who was 39 at the start of the book. Her name. Same age as me. Yeah. And I was 39 when I read this. Um, Celine Marchand. She is a mother of a 12 year old daughter, Isabel. Um, she is newly divorced or relatively newly divorced. And she runs an art gallery with her best friend. And her ex-husband um, dumps the daughter on her. He was supposed to take her and two friends to Vegas for a meet and greet and a show with a boy band, a British boy band, excuse me, um, named August Moon. And <laughs> I mean, that's a quality name for a fictional. I think so. And I think that the movie adaptation will definitely have some good original songs. Oh, I can't wait. Um so she is dumped with the daughter and the friends to basically take them to this um, concert and meet and greet. They go. She's feeling like very old because it's all like preteens screaming their heads off. And a flirtation happens naturally with her and um, Hayes Campbell, who people are comparing to Harry Styles. And each chapter is titled with a different city and it's all the places that they meet up for their romance that blooms throughout the book which has an interesting layer because her daughter is obsessed with this band and is like a super fan fangirl yes and so so it's secret it's secret and there's not just the age difference it's also like you are like my daughter's first celebrity crush well i think we should also say that his age in the book he starts off at 20 he's 20 yes in the movie they've aged him up which i appreciate because 20 is like well i wonder so close to teenager after they cast nicholas galatine and they were like we can't he can't pass for 20 i wonder if too many people were cringing about it about the age because she's 39 and he's 20 god men do that with women all the time in real life very true but so they also aged up isabel so she in the book is supposed to be 12 and then she turns 13 and instead the actress and i'm blanking on her name it looks like she's more 16 17 in the movie gonna make it even crappier in the movie yeah that's no but i think that's gonna make it better because i juicier yes i was thinking like okay the first time i read it obviously i related with celine the second time i finished and was like thinking about the movie of it picturing myself at 16 which naturally led me to my boy band of choice at that age which was in sync and picturing my mother (laughs) dating one of those specifically like justin timberlake 
I I would have lost my goddamn mind. Oh my god, we would. There might have been an actual <laughs> physical brawl at my house, not over Justin Timberlake, but like, yeah, like if my mom got with Matt Damon when I was in when I was like fifteen, I we would have had a monstrous all-out yeah. fight. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think when you read it. You're just sort of imagining it in your mind, but it will be quite different to see on screen the daughter mooning, pun intended, over the band and then knowing that her mother is secretly, you know, slipping away to all these places. I think seeing it will be harder than it was to read it because yeah. for me, when I read it, especially being the same age as she is, I related to her instantly and it felt very like... Like she'll get know, over like, it. Not that she'll get over it, but more just like, well, if she never finds out, like, no harm done, this is mm. great for Celine, and she should just, like, get hers and have a great time. But I think watching the daughter with your eyeballs will make yeah. the guilt much more intense. And I think with the idea of you, one of the things that I appreciated about it is that there isn't this long back and forth of Celine, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? not allowing herself mm. to be with Hayes. Like, it's pretty quick that they, like, get together yeah. and she's, like, trying to figure out, is this a fling? Is it not? What is he thinking? What am I even thinking? I mean, she definitely holds herself back from, like, the emotional aspect yes, of it she for does. a long time. She does. But, like, there, you don't have to wait a long time in this book for there to be, like, Sauce? a spicy moment. Yeah, yeah, this is a very spicy book. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I was thinking about Harry Styles while I was reading it because I think the author has even admitted that she didn't the comparisons say his name. are she alluded to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and also like reading this book, he was already had already been with Olivia Wilde. So there was kind of that aspect of like she's a little older than him and she has kids and all. Of this. So like when I was reading the book. I be actually clear, found myself thinking about mm -hmm. Harry and Olivia more than I was thinking about Anne and Nicholas playing the characters in the movie. Do we know our rating for the movie yet? It better be rated R. Listen, I thought Red, White, and Royal Blue was going to be rated yeah. R, and it wasn't. Yeah. And I find that they had similar amounts of spice. I'm sorry if you can hear me click clacking, but I am looking. No, I, can't really I think this is a lot of spice. This, this is, is like very... Very spicy. I feel like I think if they want to be able to show some of the scenes that I think are more memorable and stand out to the readers, like uh, the would... catamaran. Yeah, Stephanie knows this because I've talked about it. Actually, though, it it takes place in the Caribbean, not in France. In your mind, it was off the French coast. No, I didn't say Europe because I knew they were somewhere warm. Oh, I thought you had said recently that it was in France. Anyway, it's not important. They I, do travel to France a bunch. There are many scenes in this book that were, like, very steamy where I had to, like, take a break. <laughs> and there's a particular scene where they are alone on a little getaway on a catamaran that if it doesn't make it into the movie. Well, it has to because it's a catalyst for major drama in their relationship. That's true. But I could see ways they might. Oh, tweak it or, tweak yeah. it or um make yeah. it a little less racy 
I hope that they keep the full integrity <laughs> of what was in the book. It is rated R according to yes. IMDb. Uh, okay. Plus. But we don't have a release date, even though no. they finished it. When did they finish I, it? I think it was a year ago. Or no, maybe they were filming in Atlanta over the winter time. Could this be a result of the ongoing SAG-AFTRA situation? Maybe. I think maybe. I, see, I don't mind if they wait because I would enjoy the two of them doing press together because she always brings it with the clothes. I would she really does. And that. she's a great talk show interview. Yeah. Many people loathe her because she has a very intense um theater kid vibe yes. that is cringy to many people but i think she really gets her role mm -hmm. in those press junket moments and when she's doing the circuit and going to all these events and doing the magazine interviews and i hope that this gets that kind of full court press from the pr side of things because i had never heard of robin lee i know she's an actress in addition to have written this book well she was in 50 shades darker and 50 shades freed which obviously i've seen both inspirations maybe um but i didn't know who she was so yeah. i don't know just how her book agent or publicist will be approaching this but i would hope that given the a-list nature of the people they cast that they will do a big round of press in advance i hope so to bounce off what you said about Anne Hathaway, there was a pretty large chunk of time where she just got dragged on the internet. And I didn't For totally, like two years. Yeah, I didn't totally understand why, but it was around when she won an Oscar for like all 11 minutes that she's in Les Mis. And then she had that horrible hosting fiasco of the Oscars with James Franco. And people were like, she's not funny. She shouldn't have been tapped to host. Whoever wrote her jokes stunk. They didn't land. She had bad whatever with James Franco. Like, they couldn't bounce off of each other. And so she got dragged at, like, what would have been or should have been, like, the most popular peak of her career. And now she's having this, like, resurgence where people are loving what she's wearing. They're loving what she's saying. Like, she's a mom now. And she, like, you know, talks about like having a mom body and being a real person and all this other stuff. And so I just find it so interesting. And I also heard that she was a real champion for this book becoming a movie because she has said, like, I think she might even be one of the producers or something. But she said, like, I really wanted this to get adapted into a film because we don't show women like owning their sexuality and the fact that women you know like hit their sexual peak when they're in their late 30s early 40s and not when they're teenagers like guys mm -hmm. in terms of like body health like in terms of like scientifically yeah. and biologically that's true of women and so when women find themselves getting divorced at that age it's like okay this could really be like a big moment it's not just like men having you know midlife crises it can also be like women kind of finding their way and feeling a little more free about it and being established enough that they're not feeling like they're going to get slut shamed or whatever um and Anne Hathaway really liked that aspect of it um but it is it's a very spicy book it's not I wouldn't call it literature. Like, this is a really good vacation book, beach book, Fast plane paced. book, 
fast-paced. Yeah, definitely um, a vacation I wish I had read it on vacation. I think I would have liked it even more. I think I gave it like a three out of five on Goodreads, which I don't feel bad about. Like, that's, you know, it's just that that's. That's okay. It's okay. I I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Um, There were some points where I could kind of see maybe what was going to happen. And I was like, I almost quit reading it at one point. Not because I didn't like it, but because I have like 50, literally 59 books in my house to read. And I was like, do I need to like trudge through this if I'm going to see the movie? And like, I think most of the spicy stuff has happened. Like, you know, so it's one of those. But I think like as a movie, it could be better. Which I say yeah. reluctantly because most of the time books are better, but I feel like the movie could be really good. I also think this could be one where if you just see the movie, you'll probably get 90% of what was in there. This isn't a story where there's like such emotional depth and so much personal backstory. And it's really not, I don't know, when we were talking about the inheritance games when we recorded last, I was saying people should absolutely read those books before seeing when it comes to the screen because there's so much just richness there and smart descriptions and great pacing and it's just they'll never be able to fit all of that into even a 10 episode season this is one where it's like if you see the movie you will probably get it all well they tease backstory but then never actually go into it like there's this whole tiff between Hayes and his bandmate ollie and they never actually explain it throughout the entire book that's true i also think that the power dynamic is interesting in this book because hayes has a lot of money but he's very young she is older and has responsibilities but has a very culturally appealing job she's in the art world she speaks another language like she is very worldly but he's the one on a world tour so i thought that that was kind of a cool that had some good moments, I thought, and I think that it will on film as well, because he talks, that's one of the things that's appealing to him. He's like, you know what you want, you're assertive, you're beautiful, I sing songs, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so, um, because there are moments where she's like, I, you could get anybody, I don't understand why you're paying attention to me. Um, so I do like that idea of him valuing those other things in her. So. Obviously, I breezed through the first reading of this. On the second one, I like kind of sat with it a little bit differently afterwards. And I think it's kind of changed my perspective on romance in general. Um, I was thinking about conversations with friends and the stuff we learn about ourselves and our own sexuality in that way and how, say, you don't have friends that you feel like you could talk to that about or you know i grew up in a very open family so like if i had questions i didn't feel uncomfortable asking them but like maybe you grew up in a family where you can't ask certain questions so i feel like well-written romance books that like you know have conversations about consent because that was definitely part of this um can teach you something you know so like at least it starts a conversation where maybe then you can ask someone you know like for example um trying to keep this pg because who knows who's going to be listening to this but i remember having a conversation with redacted um 
about length of time. Okay. This was a million years ago and discovered that this person thought that 10 minutes in which they didn't get any pleasure for themselves was like an acceptable and normal experience with a partner. And I feel like if you read a book like this, where it's like, I don't even know how to describe that. It's like wonderful, I guess, for her specifically. Um, you know, then it's like, okay, so maybe I should be asking for more in my relationship, you know? I don't know. I just think that, like, passing on good romance. Like, Google average time of foreplay, <laughs> or I don't You know what I mean? Like, it's just... But and if, if it was a million years ask. ago, yeah, 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 totally, totally. But um, it's yeah, also it's really just... all about her. Yes, yes. In yeah, the, she like, gets truly. like worshipped in this yeah. book. Whereas we all read a fair amount of romance books, but I think there are many where sometimes it's equal, sometimes it's more about the man. This is like all about her yeah worship i think is the right word and if you haven't read something like that before it is a little bit like oh yeah and that's why i even think the title the idea of you that's like what she's wrestling with the entire time is the idea that this could this even be real it's almost too good to be true and even if you took her daughter out of the situation she would still think that yeah and even like all the places that they rendezvous and like the fact that he has like an unlimited budget and, well, and so so does she i mean she's yeah, traveling she to does Paris well. for like art shows yeah and stuff. that's true that's true yeah um i i am excited to see this film adaptation do we know if it's going to go to movie theaters or if a streamer Isn't has it, it amazon that's amazon so oh, it's amazon? maybe it'll okay. be both in theater oh, okay. and streaming I, I don't think we should watch it together because I feel like I'm going to be like swooning the whole time. So I feel like we should just watch it from our respective couches. So that should indicate to listeners the level of spice that this book has because Steph is, needs to be alone to watch it. Uh, not to out Steph. She outed herself. But um, yeah, I could I understand where you're coming from. You know, I understand where you're coming from. I felt that way about Red, White and Royal Blue, honestly, because I was like, I don't know if this is going to get... Well, I was away. I watched it by myself. Yeah. Did I, I honestly don't. I mean, I've watched it so you many times. You want to talk times. about people learning things. The amount of people on Twitter after they watched that movie that were like. My mother. I may, Did I not tell you guys this? I don't know if we're talking about the same thing I right now. I know what you're talking because about. Because on Twitter, people were like, two men can have missionary sex. And like Twitter exploded and was like, uh, duh, are you serious? I made my mother watch that movie with me. And I'm sure she won't be embarrassed. Well, who knows if she'll be embarrassed. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're embarrassed, but you shouldn't be. We watched that scene and afterwards she turned to me and said, I've, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, what? yeah. Pa our parents are of an age that, no, these films didn't exist. Rom-coms about two men didn't exist. Rom-coms that include pretty explicit sexual scenes between two men definitely didn't exist. Yeah. So, um. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think that this movie will be raunchy enough that you should watch it in your own home <laughs> by yourself. And you can replay any scenes that you want. And, and no honestly, one will know unless you decide to tell us. Steph and I did see Fifty Shades of Grey together and with another friend. And I remember I've all seen of them. 15 minutes of the first movie. And I was like, this is so bad. Okay. So I, 
I raced through all of the books. I like could not put them down and I couldn't wait for the movie to come out. And I remember thinking when we sat down in the theater, like, oh God, I hope this is going to be okay. And that I'm not like losing my mind sitting here. Um, and thankfully it was fine. But I do think if this one has a streaming option, people should probably watch it at home. <laughs> Sorry if that hurts the box office that, that that movie was hoping to make. but uh... Except that like Red, White, and Royal Blue I've watched probably at least 12 times now. Wow. I think yeah, but this is what I do when I like something. I just watch it over and over and over. I mean, me too. Like, I just... Only movies, not the, shows. The Oh, I think I do it more with shows. Like, normal people, I've seen it five times, I think. And the other night, I couldn't decide what to put on, so I put on uh, to all the boys I've loved before. Oh, because yeah, but that's a movie. Yeah, and I've I hadn't watched seen that it. Like I hadn't times. seen it in probably over a year, and I was like, I could I could use some saccharine, mm -hmm. delightful John Hughes esque mm -hmm. stuff. A little Noah before bed. Oh, <laughs> he's dreamy. I'm sorry, but if we want to get into favorite, maybe we should do an episode about Thrones. Favorite, favorite book boyfriends. Book boyfriends. Okay. Writing this down. John, love it. I mean, he. You already know my number one. I'm sorry that I already did it, but just just save it for later. I do want to say that, like, I don't know that raunchy is even the right adjective. Like, I don't know how to qualify. Sensual. This. Yes. Sure. Passionate. Yeah. But also Saucy. spicy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um. Do we want to gush about this book anymore? Do we want to talk about what we're reading right now? Well, I just finished Brittany. Oh, yeah. And I'm now 50 pages in and she gave it to me a couple <laughs> hours ago. Um, I, I'm obviously not going to spoil it. The only thing I do want to say, because we will obviously talk about this in another episode, um, go back and watch her every time video after you finish the Justin Timberlake chapter of her life. It's a, di it's a different song. It is not what I thought it was at all sad yeah i already have learned a couple things that i didn't know in the first 50 pages in the first 50 pages yeah that it definitely packs a punch um you know i knew like i knew that her parents got married young i knew her dad owned a gym like a workout gym but i didn't really know anything about her grandparents and yeah. i didn't really know anything about how her parents were brought up um and I didn't really think about how far apart in age, like, her brother and Jamie Lynn are, because mm -hmm. she's in the middle. So there's just, like, things like that that, like, really set it up. And I don't know who did the ghostwriting with her. Doesn't it feel like it's her? It feels, I was going to say, it feels like her because the voice of it is so childlike is not childlike is like the wrong i would say like innocent naive yeah. is a word i would use yeah. it comes across as very naive and very blunt like yes. it's very like this happened and then this happened and i think this is why it happened it's not flowery no yeah no it's very straightforward and um it it comes across almost as if like if i don't get this out i'm not gonna do it yeah now that you're reading it, do you feel like you understand why she didn't want to do the audiobook? I do. I think that she would have had a hard time getting through it. Yeah. 
I also think based on what I just said about the like getting it out and being efficient about it, I think that she might have written it and then been like, okay, now that's done. Yeah. Like that's the kind of, it seems like it's like a cathartic book. Like I'm going to write this and I'm going to put that out there so that people understand what the hell it is that I've been dealing with. And then I'm going to let that go. Yeah. Side note, I saw some very, very impressive Halloween costumes on social media of people like dancing with fake knives, like in her (laughs) Instagram videos. And I, they were well done. I mean, the second they popped up on my feed, I was like, I know exactly what that costume is. Like it was pretty good. Um, so I just started reading that Britney book. And then I am also reading a book called Ordinary Notes, which is by, I think it's Christina something or other. Hold on one sec. It's a fascinating format of a book. It's all notes. Some of them are five paragraphs long. Some of them are one paragraph long. Some of them include newspaper excerpts from, like, her hometown newspaper when she was little. Is it telling a story? Um, It's telling a story about blackness, basically. Okay. So she is, um, she's a professor. Christina Sharp is her name. She's a professor, and um, she, each note kind of has a tone about, like, a different way of dealing with blackness and it's so far what i've read is very much like her confronting different things her having strong feelings about certain situations um it's really good she has a couple of um newspaper clippings where her mom wrote letters to the editor about like racism in their town or at their school um and her mom like wrote a letter to the editor and so she's like this is kind of where i'm coming from like I was raised by this really strong black woman who was a good writer and had strong opinions about what was going on and how people were um, being treated. There's 248 notes total. Um, And it's just like a mishmash of like artifacts and clippings and she'll have quotes from certain people or a poem or whatever. Um, And the format is so interesting because she's able to cover a lot and not have to adhere to let me write an entire chapter about this one thing when really it's like it was a bullet point in my brain while I was driving the car but they're really well written bullet points so so it's it's very good yeah so I'm glad I have like a Hollywood memoir to read alongside that because it's like I can read a few notes I can check in on Brittany read a few more notes you know both serious material though yeah that's true that's very true um after i finished Brittany, i just started um the family game by katherine stedman which i think i got in jackson did you see me pick that up when we were in jackson that sounds right in one of our two bookstore stops so it's about um a woman who is a um, published author she's working on her second book she's engaged to this sort of like rockefeller type guy she has not met his family And I just got to the point where she met his sister and she's sort of been, I don't know, tricked into some things. And she's starting to realize that tomorrow when she sees them for Thanksgiving, things could go horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. And also the prologue starts with her 
on the floor of their estate out in the middle of nowhere, like with a walled, basically there, there's no way to get help type thing. And she's bleeding out on the floor. So I'm not sure where this is going to go, but it's like written well. There's, there's a lot of things that are probably going to pop up pretty soon. And it's a quick read. So I'm excited about it. On the cover to be very like striking. Enticing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's giving flash dance. Yes. Yes. The lettering is um the lettering looks like it, um what are those called? Gas lights? Uh oh, like, the yeah. like the like the neon, neon lights that you'd see yeah. like in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And it's hot pink. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is very eye catching. They I'm mean, they probably faced it forward on the shelf. Which is probably where you found it. Yeah. Well, that's why I picked it up. What about you? I just finished a book last night, um, which I mentioned when we recorded last, called The Unsinkable Greta James, which is a bit like if Daisy Jones went on a cruise in Alaska. Greta James is a musician who finds herself on a cruise with her dad after her mom unexpectedly passed, and she is sort of stepping into the ticket that was supposed to be her mom's ticket, um, and she finds herself just unable to get back on stage after this like big grief moment um and i loved it it's just over 300 pages and it's well written emotional deep sense of place many good things was there romance there is romance <laughs> but compared to the type of romance we were discussing earlier i would say is there something more kiddish than g it's just like compared to it's so um okay like like that's a back, back burner it's topic a back burner it. topic there okay. is romance and it is some cute banter but it's definitely not the star of the show okay. that's fine um so now i'm in the position where i have this huge you know tbr pile with so many great things the two of you have given me plus several books that i've purchased for myself where i need to just pull one from the stack and there isn't one where i thought as soon as i finish this i'm moving on to blank fourth wing oh yes i'll send you home with that tonight yes, yes. because that comes out when in like a week or the two? second book yeah. yeah and i haven't even pre-ordered it i should probably need to do that i could do that this week okay um <laughs> Yeah, because I want to talk about it on the podcast yeah. because that book has dragons in it and <laughs> readers and listeners, Caitlin Madison doesn't do dragons usually. So, and you want to talk about romance? There's a triangle in it, Molly. There's, you know. Good. It's fast paced. Oh, it's so fast paced. Yeah. Molly meets the fourth wing. It's long. It's long. But I, it goes by really quickly. I read it in like 28 hours. Did you really? Yeah. Oh my like gosh. without sleeping? No, I slept. I mean, I, I started at like 4 p.m. one day and I, th mm, I think I finished it around 1 a.m. the following night. Also, I need to say that yesterday I was telling Stephanie how I was reading in bed and I started to fall asleep and the book was falling onto me. And I go, you know? And she goes, no. And I was like, excuse me? And she was like, that doesn't happen to me. I've dropped my phone on my face before. Right. From reading. Okay. okay. Here's the thing. Molly can fall asleep on the couch. I don't. The the second I'm I start- I'm a professional at that. second I start to feel tired, whether it's on the couch or it's in my bed and I'm reading, I, I go to bed. So if you're in your bed reading and you're like, oh, my eyes are getting heavy, you just put the book down? Yeah. And turn off the light. 
I don't know that I always know when that's happening. I think I just fall asleep and then it's like I wake up and the book's on me. Correct. Well, but also, like, I, I sometimes crest the tiredness and then read for another two hours. Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> I mean, if it's a really good book, I'm yeah. sitting up and, like... Oh, no, I'm, like, snuggled in deep, but, like, I can push through the tiredness. And then suddenly it's 1 a.m. Why would you? I mean, I mean, I'm not currently working on a house, so it's right, like I don't really right. have anything to do. But like this, I don't know, maybe this might make me sound like a crazy person, but like the feeling of being drowsy is like my favorite feeling. Oh, God. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, like, obviously, if it's an inconvenient time to be drowsy, it's not my favorite <laughs> feeling. Like I need to drive my car or something. But like if I'm tucked in and like yeah. I'm feeling drowsy, like... I'm leaning into that. That's what's happening. Well, I have a hard it time. It would have to be like a Harry the a Harry Potter book has just emerged was for fourth, me to like. Was Fourth Wing not that kind of book for you? Because for me, it was like I'm staying up until this is done. It wasn't like that for me. Oh. I still I loved it, but like, okay. I'm trying to think of the last book that I did do that. There was one book that I ended up staying up wicked late reading. Oh, I think it was uh, a Christina Lauren book. Oh, I think I wanted to know what happened. With... It was probably love in other words because yeah. you read that I think first out of yeah. It, I read it really group. fast. That was a book talk book that I found out about. Um, but yeah, fourth wing. I'm excited for you. Fourth mm. wing it is. Um, if you guys want to keep tabs on what we're reading, what we're excited about, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at plans are booked all one word and we are sharing all kinds of things there impulse purchases things we're finding in independent bookstores things we can't resist in target all kinds of purchases and author announcements and upcoming events and all that good jazz so give it a follow over there did you say what the handle was at plans or book i did oh you did i missed it wow that's right tell the people way again. to pay attention tell the people again to my own podcast <laughs> Um, yeah, at plans are booked. And until next time, our plans are booked.